our last week of Philippians. So either you're sad or you're happy that we're finally done talking about Philippians. Um, here it is. Uh, Paul is writing to his people of Philippi. Uh, they are a church that he has planted. Uh, he loves these people. Paul, as we have said, is writing this letter from jail. Um, he is about to be killed because he will not say that Caesar is Lord. No, he holds fast to the fact that Jesus is Lord. And they do not like it. They being the Romans. Um, the Romans say that you have to say that Caesar is Lord and Savior. But he will not say that. So they throw him in, in jail in order to take away his joy. But we call this the joy letter. And jail, prison, whatever, will not take away this man's joy. Not even death will take away this man's joy. He is so filled with the Spirit, and it is bursting out of him. And he writes this letter with this joy. Paul, in our last passage, is wrapping up his letter. He has a word of advice for these people, and I love it, because it's absolutely so simple. And I like simple. I am a simple man. Um, so let me read our passage. This is Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Here it is. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Told you. Pretty simple. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you've seen in me, put those into practice or do those things, right? And the God of peace will be with you. Think some things and do other things. Think and do. Pretty simple. Really comes down today to thinking and doing. That's it. And the God of peace will be with you. Um, there's a simplicity in this passage that I absolutely love. Think and do. That's it. Uh, first in saying whatever is right, true, and noble these people are from the Greco-Roman world. Um, so they are starting a church, and they are planted in a church in Philippi, where there's a lot of bad things going on in the Greco-Roman world. But there's also some good things. And so what he's saying now, and, and Paul's saying that there's things in the world where, which are actually true. They're actually noble, and they're right. They're not related to the church, but those things are good. You can think about those things. It's okay. Um, when I was in college and I was away from my church and, and away from anybody that I knew that was a Christian or involved in a church, um, I didn't realize this, but I, I missed everybody and I missed 
everything that was going on in the church. And I, I missed the feeling that I got around when I was around people who actually cared for, for people in the world and that wanted to make a difference for people in the world. And, and, and I missed that. And so uh, I heard of several people working for a crisis hotline. And uh, I, I remember being asked, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I was really intimidated about it, but basically college kids would call us at, at the college, and, uh, and some of them, either they were lonely, they needed to talk to us, or, or some of them may have intended uh, harm to themselves. Um, we were to direct them to professionals and, uh, and, and, and get them to the help that they needed. Um, and so I did this with a group of people at college, and none of them were Christians, but I, I needed to be part of a group of people that cared and were doing something in the world. And so was it true and right and noble? Yeah, that absolutely was. Uh, these people were being Jesus in the world, and they had no idea who Jesus was. And I felt comfort being around them and being there because it was true, it was right, and it was noble. It felt a lot like Jesus. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, pure, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things, as Paul is saying. I don't know uh, if many of you know this, but I have been going back to school lately. Um, I am taking one class a semester. I told my professors I will outlast them at the school. Um, I am older than my peers, and I'm actually around the same age as my professors, and uh, I will be there longer than the professors. Um, most pastors I know, when they go in for extra schooling, a lot of them go to get doctorates in ministry, and, and those are admirable things and, and, and something uh, that is very interesting, but I'm very interested in counseling and the brain and emotions and healing from trauma. Um, and so I'm studying all about this, and one thing I've been learning is directly related to this passage. Um, it's a type of counseling that says that what you think about directly affects what you do. Um, and if you change the way you think about something, you could actually change the things that you do. Over time, with a certain type of therapy, your, your patterns of thinking can actually change. We can actually change the way we think about things. Um, my son, I know this is funnier, uh, he thinks sometimes that he's a ninja. Um, and so sometimes, even though he doesn't even really know what a ninja is, um, he goes around and he karate chops people, okay? Or he says he hayas them. Um, and so we were in uh, Home Depot last month, and he was so excited, being a ninja, uh, that he hayad a random man. Um, Luckily, the man was a good sport, and I apologize profusely, um, but, uh, but the thinking about being a ninja led to the doing of hayaing a random man. Thinking leads to doing. Um, it's kind of like this. A beautiful young girl stands in front of the mirror every morning and tells herself that she is ugly and hideous. She thinks about that. She goes out into the world and does things that someone with this type of thinking would do, either not eating or, or hanging out with people 
she should not be hanging out with or projecting feelings on other people like you think I'm hideous and ugly when they are not thinking that at all. Or a young boy thinks that everyone hates him and that he is a very bad person. He might have been told this in the past, so he thinks about that. So he acts in a defiant way against all people because that's the way he thinks. Or a man doesn't feel respected at work or at home, so he acts in a way that someone who isn't respected acts. They think about something, so they do a certain thing. The thinking leads to the doing. What you think about directly affects what you do, whether, whether you know this or not. Very often we try to just change the things we do, but we don't change the things we think about. The thinking leads to the doing. But if you change the way you think, then you can change the things that you do. So here's the thing. How do we know what is noble and true that we should be thinking about? How do we know what we should be thinking about? We know what is noble and true through Scripture, reading the Bible, uh, through Jesus speaking to us, and the Holy Spirit here in the church with other believers. You go to be around people who know Scripture, who know Jesus really well, they will tell you what is noble, what is true. I kind of think I see church on Sunday morning as a really good opportunity to reset and get our minds focused on what is true, what is noble, what is right. So that when we go out into the world, we know what is true, what is right, what is noble. That's why church health is so super important because we align ourselves here to know what is true, what is right, and what is noble. When we know what is true and right and noble, then we go out into the world and we see and say, yes, that's true, right, and noble. Oh, yes, that's not true, right, and noble. I'm going to give you an opportunity to think for just a few seconds in silence. I know we don't like silence in church. Um, what are things that you think about that are not true, that are not noble, that are not right. Maybe it's something you tell yourself that you're not good enough, that you're not successful, or you have a junky self-image. I'm going to give you a time of like a couple of seconds. What are those lies that you tell yourself? about directly affects what we do. Paul says, what you saw and learned from me, I modeled a certain way to do things. Do things like that. Care for others like the poor, uh, care for each other, uh, serve people in need of serving. Do those things. Um, I tried to think about people who do great things. 
who have done great things. And, and often it came from the fact that they had ideologies and thoughts that were great. Let's take a look at this. Abraham Lincoln had thoughts that slavery was not right. That was truth to him. He did not feel like this was right. His actions led to US, the United States abolishing slavery. Mother Teresa had thoughts about the fact that people who were sick with leprosy, AIDS, and tuberculosis should not be pushed aside into communities where they just sat and just waited till they died. Uh, she cared about them, that they, were, that they were forgotten about and that they were pushed aside. Her heart hurt for that, so she saved many by leading 4,500 nuns to set up missionaries all over the world. She thought, so she did. Um, Rosa Parks had the thought that it was not right for a person of color to, to sit in a different place or be treated differently. And so she acted, and she started a movement. We could come up with thousands of examples of this, of people who thought in a true, noble, and right way, and it affected their doing of things. Whatever is right, true, noble, pure, lovely, excellent, and praiseworthy, think about those things, then do. You see, when God does what God does, he does it through people, all right? <clears throat> Here's the amazing thing. Did God need Abraham Lincoln to end slavery? No, he didn't need Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he, did, he didn't need Rosa Parks. He didn't need Mother Teresa. And he doesn't need us to do things in our community that need to be done. But for some reason, he likes to use us. And it's a joy that we get to change our lives in the meantime to help and do things. The things you think about are affecting the things that are being done in the world. Think, then do. It's so simple, isn't it? The last part. If you think the right way, and it affects what you do, so you do the right thing, then the God of peace will be with you. Okay, <clears throat> I read this and I say, that's scary. Because what if I'm not thinking the right way? And what if I'm not doing the right things? Then God's not with me? No, 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 no. God is always with you. Uh, he made a covenant that he'll always be with you. Um, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that God will not be seen in you. Yeah. I had a friend. Uh, his name was Jerry. I, I worked with him doing some mission work uh, out, out west. And he was a chaplain for youth who were incarcerated. Um, his heart just hurt for how lonely these kids were. Uh, they, 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 were, they, were, they were in jail because of some mistake that they made. And um, he would meet with them. He would pray with them. Uh, he'd help them to repent and turn their ways and see the things that they were doing were not right. He helped them to let Jesus change how they thought and how they felt and even change how they did things because their thinking changed. Um, a lot of them were kicked out of their schools and they were kicked out of their houses. So a lot of them were lonely. They had no family because of all the bad things they did. They said, forget you. And so he stood up for these kids. He would speak on their behalf during trials. Um, he sat in the trials reminding them that that God has never left them. That even if 
all these people are saying bad things about them and that they feel really alone right now, that God has not left them. Because of what he did with these incarcerated youth, he would get death threats. His family would get death threats because he was always sticking up for uh, someone who did something bad. But this did not stop him. God was calling him to think about and hurt for these kids. So he cared for them because that's what God was telling him to do. God changed his thinking, and then he did something. The neat thing about Jerry was that when I saw him, I could see the peace of God in him so clearly. It was so easy to see. See, when you think about certain things that are right, true, and noble, and then you do things that are right, true, and noble because of that, it's just so easy to see God's presence among you. When you do, when you think and then do, then the peace of God is seen in you. My challenge for you is to fight to connect with God with Jesus in prayer and the Holy Spirit to change how you think. And when you change how you think, just observe how what you do already changes. And then the outsiders, the people who see you, will see a certain peace that's only God that is with you. And may the peace of God be with you always.